the church sometimes frowns upon people who doubt. But when you look at the New Testament, it doesn't depict faith as a leap, but a series of steps. Like the disciples didn't jump into martyrdom on day one. They actually ran away the day Jesus was betrayed because they were they were afraid of death and they were doubting if he was even the Messiah at that moment. So it gives you permission. The book gives you permission for so many in the church today to actually be honest and process their faith, come back to the scriptures and read it. What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Trevor Talks. I'm so stoked that you're here, and you know what? We are back for another week, a whole other episode with a whole new guest that is a real person just like you and I, and I'm just super stoked for you guys to hear from this individual. I've been excited to do this interview for quite a while. It's been a long time coming, and I mean, this has been years in the making. So our guest today is a Harvard-trained ethicist and the co-founder of 180 Church, located near Union Square in downtown Manhattan. Dr. Kim was appointed as a research fellow in global health and social medicine at the Center for Bioethics at Harvard Medical School and is part of the Harvard Catalyst Program. He is also a recipient of the Lifelong Learning Fellowship at Yale Divinity School and Yale Medicine. He's also a regular contributor at Christianity Today, the YouVersion Bible app, Outreach and the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College. He moved from Manhattan, from Korea, way back when. His parents were entrepreneurs. I'm stoked for this awesome conversation. Please help me welcome Dr. Sam Kim. Sam, we're here. We made it. It's been years in the making, and we're finally here having a conversation. So glad to be with you, man. Dude, honestly, I'm just stoked to hear about all of the things that have been happening in your life. So, just a little preface for people who may have never heard of you before, or maybe they've never heard of me before. Mm-hmm. What has been going on in your life that is going to make this book a holy haunting, just the soundtrack to people's lives in 2023? Well, I think that the mental health epidemic, and particularly just people struggling with depression and suicide ideation, and how that relates to a greater longing and trying to make sense of your world, um, and sometimes something wrong with you and wrong with the world. And I think those two things really connect. And I think sometimes, especially for the people in the Ivy Tower and people in medicine, it's not talked about so often. And I think the holy haunting really frames those issues. Yeah. And you've been in this community in the Christian sphere for quite a while, and you've Mm -hmm. made a lot of noise with your articles, with your speaking, and now your book coming out. It's been a long journey for you. So I'm curious, I want to hear your story, like before the doctorate's degree, before you became one of the smartest people that I personally (laughs) know. And I just sit back and I read your bio and I'm like, where did he have time to like learn all this stuff? Because I have terrible ADD and Mm -hmm. sitting down and reading a book is a struggle for me. So it's hard for me to believe that this just came natural, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. (laughs) So where did this journey start for you? When did you know that you were just going to be this astrophysicist or whatever the heck you are? When did all this come into play for you? You know, quite honestly, every single academic journey for me was based on a problem that needed to be solved more than uh, a pursuit of achievement. 
completely. Um, the Yale Fellowship came at a time when I was really in the local context in Manhattan, and we have a whole bunch of medical students, physicians, healthcare workers at our church, and in small groups, so many of them were confessing that they were struggling with depression and suicide ideation, and I was confused because the number one highest paying job, prestigious job in America are doctors. Their mom, their moms love them and the world loves them. But there was a lot of self-hatred and a lot of people were at a precipice and a real bad place. And I thought, I have to learn if this is a, a systemic problem, not just here, but ubiquitous everywhere, I needed to learn more. And that's when I applied for the fellowship at Yale Medicine and Divinity Interdisciplinary uh, Program. And I dug into burnout a bit more in mental health because I felt like uh, our congregation needed the help and I didn't know where to start. So that's sort of the journey. And from there, I did more research and led to an appointment at Harvard because it turns out that not many people were trying to take care of physicians, even though there's a lot of studies on it. And the second leading cause of death in a hospital is medical error. People wow. are burnt out and they're struggling. So yeah, I mean, it's not a pursuit of achievement. It was a problem that needed to be solved. So that's why a lot of people are struggling and things people should not um, look at appearances because under beneath the surface, so many people are struggling. If you've been listening to this podcast for more than one episode, then you know how much I advocate for therapy. I don't shut up about it. Heck, half of the episodes, we're talking about therapy because mental health is just as important as your physical health. And we know that finding the right support for your mental health can be a challenge. And that's why I want to tell you about our brand new sponsor here at Trevor Talks, BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com offers a convenient and discreet way for people to receive mental health support from the comfort of their own home with a wide range of therapists to choose from and the ability to communicate via text, phone, or video, betterhelp.com makes it easy to find the right support for your needs. One of the main benefits of using betterhelp.com is the flexibility that it provides. You can access therapy sessions from anywhere you have an internet connection and choose from a variety of communication methods, including text, phone, and video. Where else are you going to find this, guys? I don't know. BetterHelp.com also uses a wide range of therapists to choose from with specialties in various areas such as anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. We have a special offer for you guys. BetterHelp.com is offering our listeners a 10% discount on their first month of therapy services. So if you've been thinking about getting into therapy and it's just been too expensive, BetterHelp.com is a lot cheaper than going to a traditional brick-and-mortar therapy service. Uh, those are great also, but if you want to get it a little bit cheaper to fit your budget, BetterHelp.com is the best spot for you. If you want to receive this 10% discount, go visit BetterHelp.com for forward slash Trevor talks. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor talks to receive 10% off of your first month. What the heck? This is amazing. And I'm excited to bring you this offer. If you're looking for convenient, flexible and effective mental health support, be sure to check out betterhelp.com and don't forget betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor talks for 10% off of your first month of therapy services. Please note that the information provided 
provided in this promotional segment is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical or mental health advice. If you are in need of immediate help, please call 911 or seek support from a local mental health provider. Betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor Talks. Let's get back to the show. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on to talk about this specific topic, which is burnout, um, not the medical field or anything, but I recently had a huge uh, battle with burnout and it Hello. is gnarly for lack of a better <laughs> word to use. It isn't what you would uh, want to go through on your normal day to day. For me, like my body wasn't being taken care of. I was working way too much. Uh it, it just became this whole downward spiral that I didn't realize was happening. Everybody around me did. So a lot of people are struggling with this. How do you know if you're struggling exactly with burnout? Because a lot of people will get things mixed matched and self-diagnose themselves. They can be struggling with depression, think they're burnout, they can be burnout, depression. Leads to all these different things. What are some key signs we can look for? Well, Christina Maslach, who's created the burnout inventory at Stanford, says there are three buckets to burnout. First is fatigue. So your body starts breaking down and you feel heavy, heavy fatigue. Second is depersonalization. You become isolated to yourself and people become numbers to you and it becomes relationships become transactional. Third, life becomes very dark. You can't see the future anymore and you're not very satisfied with your life and what you're doing with it. And sometimes you might want to change. You feel like you need to change or something has to change. Those three buckets. When you first start realizing like, okay, something has to change. What have you found to be like, whether it's a mindset type thing that you have to change, mm -hmm. whether it's a physical mindset, like you need to get in the gym, you need to work out. What are some things that you can naturally do on a day-to-day -day basis that will help you overcome this? Well, I think from my side, it could be a systemic problem, meaning your environment is so toxic that you have to get out of it, a job. Now, in the medical profession or healthcare, you know, there's a lot of systemic problems that's out of the control of healthcare workers. So sometimes the burnout is a lot about the trauma from a system that's broken. But in a personal life, you have to examine your environment in which you're embedded or is this past trauma like the body keeps score. Do you have to process some um, trauma of the past or certain issues that's unresolved, which is chronic? Those are some of the things that could could uh, need to be examined to see what you're really dealing with. And talking to a counselor could help diagnose those problems. Yeah, talking to counselors has been super beneficial for myself in general. You know, when you're going through a mental health crisis, whether it be panic disorder, anxiety, suicidal ideation... There are a lot of different things that are factors in this that you would never even think of. For me, when I went through EDMR therapy, I didn't realize I was experiencing trauma. I didn't think, I didn't realize that some of the things that happened while I was growing up were going to have such a huge effect on me later on in life. But when we really started to dive into those things and realizing that, okay, these are symptoms of something that happened a long time ago that I just swept under a rug because that's all I knew how to do. Um, it's very recent that especially men will talk about the emotional trauma that they've gone through in their life and even be open to therapy. Um, you've gotten to live through this whole progression. Um, mm -hmm. 
this started probably in the early 90s. Uh, don't quote me on that, where people started to finally realize, okay, there's emotional baggage here. There needs to be a change some way, shape, or form, whether it's in your personal life, in your work life, or whatever it may be. Was this something that you experienced in your life and you had to walk through to notice this? Or was it somebody that you know and love, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah, I personally didn't go through this, but a lot of people that I'm in relationships with, friends with, uh, congregation, um, struggle with many different variations of this. And I to walk with them is how I encountered it and made me really... Uh, interested in trying to find a way to solve the problem or mitigate it at least. So when did faith come into play in this conversation? Well, one time we had a really smart dude at a major medical school in New York come to me and say, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I just feel like I don't see any light in the end of the tunnel. If all my life is going to be studying and being compared and failing to the expectations of other people, my own expectations, and all I'm going to do for the rest of my life is study, I just want to, why live? Why, why not end it all? And for me personally, at that moment, I didn't know, I felt paralyzed by that because the need was so much bigger than what seminary would teach you. <laughs> Um, anyone would teach you, how, how do you deal with a conversation where someone so put together in the outside is literally struggling to end their lives? Nah. That really woke me up. Yeah. One of the things that woke me up was a friend, uh, getting notified about a friend's suicide a few years ago. And it was one of the most damning calls I've ever received, right? Yeah. When you have someone that you look up to, that you love, um, that's a faith leader, um, die by suicide in that way, it really messes with you. Um, when people experience this, especially in their own communities, there's oftentimes a huge question left there. It's like, why? If this person is a pastor and God was on their side, how could this happen to them? What are some of the things that you think we could do to better take care of our pastors, people in ministry and leadership to uh, try to help prevent this in the future? Yeah, I think that reminds me a few years ago, I was at Harvest, uh, Greg Laurie's church, was talking to Jared about two weeks before he ended his life. And we talked about how we can tackle together this problem within the church and within outside of the church. And one of the things I learned was people plan way ahead to end their lives. So without um, an external community that's organic and real, like where people check in with you in churches, it's almost impossible to know if there's not a community that's safe but not soft. One of the duplicitous things that happens to church, and especially at the level of church leadership, is that a lot of leaders are living in duplicity already. It's not just a manifestation of things about behaviors that come out, but they're already pathologically lying to people in themselves, and they're planning this. So a way to systemically change that culture is we need to, in a fundamental level, 
how do we create relationships where people can actually be honest and small groups and real life relationship, life to life, honest relationships is the only way to mitigate it because real community is the only refuge for this. Wow. That's a huge thing. Community is uh, somewhat hard to come by these days, you know, okay. especially mm-hmm. I live in the Bible Belt, so I'm in Georgia. You've got a church on every single corner, but it's like, what do you mm-hmm. do when you search for so long for a home church and you just can't find that? Yeah, I think that it becomes so difficult when the church can't provide that for you. But I do feel like if you really intentionally, deliberately look, you can find one or two people online. There are online communities, resources, counselors that can really help you find that. And if there are none, there sh- you should be in counseling to try to process some of those things that are very difficult. So when it comes to your new book and hitting all of these major points, whether it be in mental health, faith, uh, personal experiences that you've walked through, why do you think this resource is valuable for people and what do you think they're going to walk away with it? Well, I think that one of the things that we sort of hit on is the generic conversations that we have at church, not the fierce, honest conversations that are needed. You know, life is full of ambiguity. It's not so black and white. And I think the church culture a lot of times is very black and white. One of the things my book addresses is just this need to be honest with ourselves. And the struggle is real, right? Like we doubt in life and not everything is answered for us. There's a lot of ambiguity. And I think one of the things my book gives permission for people, especially that look like they have it put together, is this simple point. It's human to doubt. (laughs) It's human to question and not know everything. And it's okay. And there are a hundred million students in the next decade that's going to university and professional schools that will go through deconstruction. Now, the church sometimes frowns upon people who doubt, but when you look at the New Testament, it doesn't depict faith as a leap but a series of steps. Like the disciples didn't jump into martyrdom on day one. They actually ran away the day Jesus was betrayed because they were, they were afraid of death and they were doubting if he was even the Messiah at that moment. So it gives you permission. The book gives you permission for so many in the church today to actually be honest and process their faith, come back to the scriptures and read it. On the day of the resurrection, Peter said to the women who saw, who they said they saw Jesus rose, you're talking nonsense. If you've been listening to this podcast for more than one episode, then you know how much I advocate for therapy. I don't shut up about it. Heck, half of the episodes, we're talking about therapy because mental health is just as important as your physical health. And we know that finding the right support for your mental health can be a challenge. And that's why I want to tell you about our brand new sponsor here at Trevor Talks, BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com offers a convenient and discreet way for people to receive mental health support from the comfort of their own home. With a wide range of therapists to choose from and the ability to communicate via text, phone, or video, BetterHelp.com makes it easy to find the right support for your needs. One of the main benefits of using BetterHelp.com is the flexibility that it provides. 
You can access therapy sessions from anywhere you have an internet connection and choose from a variety of communication methods, including text, phone, and video. Where else are you going to find this, guys? I don't know. BetterHelp.com also uses a wide range of therapists to choose from with specialties in various areas such as anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. We have a special offer for you guys. BetterHelp.com is offering our listeners a 10% discount on their first month of therapy services. So if you've been thinking about getting into therapy and it's just been too expensive, BetterHelp.com is a lot cheaper than going to a traditional brick-and-mortar therapy service. Uh, those are great also, but if you want to get it a little bit cheaper to fit your budget, BetterHelp.com is the best spot for you. If you want to receive this 10% discount, go visit BetterHelp.com for forward slash Trevor talks again that's betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor talks to receive 10% off of your first month what the heck this is amazing and I'm excited to bring you this offer if you're looking for convenient flexible and effective mental health support be sure to check out betterhelp.com and don't forget betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor talks for 10% off of your first month of therapy services please note that the information provided in this promotional segment is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical or mental health advice. If you are in need of immediate help, please call 911 or seek support from a local mental health provider. Betterhelp.com forward slash Trevor Talks. Let's get back to the show. That's doubt. And these are the conversations that are meaningful. I am just so tired of hearing generic banter it's it's an echo chamber within the church within a faith-based podcast uh award shows just all of it i'm at a point now where i'm just done like i can't i can't run in that (laughs) and that could get taken uh out of context in a lot of different ways but let me just make this point there's no need for just the same thing being said over and over and over again if it's mm-hmm. not doing anything. Who's going to have the hard conversations? Who's going to open up the door to have these conversations? And I hope that this conversations is one of those that people look at and they're like, you know what? That was meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. As a single mother from Minnesota that's working two shifts at a hospital down to the single dad that's working three shifts for a garbage company. There are so many people out there across all walks of life, of life across all of these different spectrums, the workforce, blue collar, uh, welfare, all of these things. They need real hope. They don't need another, hey, things are going to be fine. They don't need another blueprint to success because all these free ebooks you're going to download over the next week, they're going to leave you wondering the exact same thing. And that brings me to this part of the conversation that I was really looking forward to. What's your life story? Dr. Kim, like before there was a doctor, a doctorate under your name. From beginning to now, childhood, moving to America, can you open up just about the journey that you've gone through? And I want you to just be able to explain this as vulnerably as you want to. People need to know the real you. <laughs> they don't need every... There's just so much going on. People need to hear some authenticity. Would you mind <laughs> sharing that with us? Sure. Um, 
My parents actually left me in Seoul for about a year, year and a half with caretakers in our house that they were extremely abusive. And in many ways, I think at seven to six years old, I felt in, abandoned and lost and maybe not even valuable to a certain extent, even though I didn't know it at the time. So there was this embedded kind of fear that I would be always left behind somewhere. Even when I immigrated to the States and my parents, you know, brought me to the States, um, I felt this embedded fear of abandonment, uh, embed, embedded fear of not being valued in certain ways. And I think what happened in the gospel for me was the father, our heavenly father, saw me, like, not pass by me or it's transactional or obligated to see me, but he really saw me as his son and he understood my story. And I think that's when my life began to change. It would, I think the trajectory would have been very dark as well if that need, that visceral need, wasn't fulfilled by the love of the Father. I think that's really what makes sense of the gospel for me, that the Father reparents me, and He has never left me behind, even when I couldn't tell He was walking with me. And that unconditional love is what filled my life and anchors me today. And if someone out there right now is a skeptic of this faith, of this Jesus character that you talk about, what are some points that you would bring up? I would say that wherever you might be in your story, there's, you know, the father doesn't have categories. There's no atheist or um, Christian. He sees only lost and found. And he won't call you by your political preferences or your favorite ice cream flavor. He's going to call you by your name. And wherever you might be, he sees you and he understands you. The Psalms even says he keeps a record of our tears. And that's because he cares about our story. And he's waiting for you right now. He's in front of you right now, knocking at the door of your heart, inviting you in. And all you need to do is open the door and he will love you more than you can ever imagine or dare hope. Wow. If someone wants to start that journey today, where would you send them for resources? Um, if you can't find a local church, local church would be a great place to walk with community. Um, but I would start with, uh, there's the Version Bible Lab is a great resource. Uh, Sarah Young's devotional is another great resource for really short daily Bible reading to connect with the Heavenly Father. Those two resources I think would be great next to going to the local church. Amazing. Where can we learn more about you, your ministry, and pick this book up? You can go to uh, sandykim.com, and I have everything there you would need uh, to find the book or me, um, and I'll be more than happy to connect with anyone. After. Amazing. Well, Dr. Kim, just thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And I just want to thank uh, all the listeners for tuning in week after week. Special thank you to BetterHelp uh, for making this episode happen as usual, as well as Life Audio. So grateful for them. And if you're struggling right now and you need some more 
um, resources. We're going to have all the links in the description that we've mentioned in this episode this far um, in the description below. And then also we're going to put a link for the whosoever's if you're new in your faith journey. Um, that's one of the nonprofits that I truly stand by, I believe, and what they're doing. I think they've got a lot of amazing resources and would love for you all to go check it out. If you're struggling with a reason to want to live today, please go check out the links in the description for Death to Life, Beneath the Skin, to write love on our arms and heart support. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.